<laughs> it, it works so well. Dennis, Merry hey. motherfucking Christmas, motherfucker. Getting there, man. Getting there. Here we are. Heavy scene. Heavy scene in these parts. Heavy scene. We heavy, got, uh, heavy scene? Heavy scene. We got the, both the grandparents with the COVID. Oh, shit. Both of them in the, yeah, one of 11 in their 179-bed facility. Grandpa fell down and while he was being checked into the hospital, not because he had COVID symptoms, but because he bumped his head. Right. They were going to give him a COVID test. He said, I just, I had two in the past two weeks, both negative. And they said, it's protocol. You can't come in here without it. And he had it, but no symptoms. Huh. Nick, Nicky was with him for nine hours that day. Jesus. Thankfully in a N95 mask rather than any cheaper version. And, and the just about washing her hands and whatnot. But she now is home and she is quarantined in the house and also as much as possible quarantined from me. Right. Her own bathroom, her own entrance, her own chair. She doesn't touch the food. <sighs> I do all the cooking. She doesn't come in the kitchen. Man. And uh, we just found out 15 minutes ago that they tested Grandma, who, unlike Grandpa, gr- Grandpa's a big dude. And while he's got his ailments at the ripe old age of 90, Grandma, on the other hand, has gotten weaker and weaker. Grandpa with no symptoms, and then Grandma gets it, and how does she feel? And it comes back, she feels okay. There doesn't seem to be any symptoms. Who knows? God knows. It's the thing that's going to take hold. But right. once you have it, you just wait. So it's very precarious here. Jeez. So thank you for the the only uh, belly laugh of the day. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Which it, it's so... we're, we're, Here's the spirit here. It's optimism. Yeah. It's thank God everybody's feeling all right, even though they tested positive. And thank God we've got a home that can be divided up like that without much trouble. I've got a five-foot sliding door that separates my bedroom where i sleep most of the time mm-hmm. at odd hours mm-hmm. which when you're getting my age odd hours is what you grab right you know and so that gets sealed off and then the rest of the house you want to circulate air as much as you can so yep. she's wearing a mask when i'm anywhere near her we we've been in the same room one uh, twice and then uh good eight to ten feet apart both with masks on right <laughs> right well wow. frequently washing hands and so christmas is canceled Fucking hey. Postponed until uh, into January with all of our children and grandchildren. So you were going to have Christmas had this not happened? All day Christmas Day. If... With everybody, my grandpa and grandma. Grandpa and grandma, at one point, were going to come over here on the 26th mm-hmm. because the facility had opened up a bit, as many had done. And people could come and go. They did that for a couple of weeks, and guess what happened? Uh-huh. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. And so we're thinking they're, I think they're following guidelines. Of course, they have no choice, and the guidelines are... Also concerned about all the economic factors, everything else. Who the fuck knows what the standards are? But we're just so, you know, today I went out and decorated the outside of the house. Now that I know that Christmas is, I've got weeks before Christmas now. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? When I give a shit about the decorations. And we we had such a big house from our last home Mm -hmm. in the Stewart neighborhood here that I have outdoor decorations for a Victorian, right? right? Huge whole front house is a porch with woodwork up above near the ceiling. And all of that was greenery up and down along the railings and bows and decorations and lights and so i've got like a 10 times what i need in this much smaller uh, narrower frontage but it it looks good i I managed to make it i was going to take a picture of it and send it to you but well uh, time got away from me um sorry to hear about your close man it's there's no crevice that covid can't slip into um that as Where my in-laws live, they have numbers so high that they are, I don't think it's mandatory, but they are offering 
tests to everyone. Like literally anyone that lives in, in, in the town can come and take a test. And yeah. my in-laws came and took it. And luckily everything came back negative. But it's it's pretty wild. And today I was in, I had to run some errands. And I was in a room with 15 other people. And there was closer f- for comfort than I would have liked. Everyone wearing a mask, of course. But it's so nerve-wracking. It's, it's just this invisible enemy that you don't know when it will attack you or when it has already attacked you. Well, and the thing is, it's, you understand, you know, it's, so now I have it confirmed through the simplest of uh, tracing that my wife was with someone for nine hours who tested positive. She may or may not, it didn't sound, seem like she was very close to him though, because she was making certain that she would repeat for him everything that was said because he's partly deaf. Right. And she's got a, and he listens to her and he was upset. So, but nonetheless, an N95 mask, if she had a shield, it would have been ever, ever better. She didn't wear gloves, but she said she washed her hands about 10 times. So she's been exposed to somebody who had it, and she's probably been exposed to it. I don't know. He wasn't wearing an N95 mask. If he was answering questions, perhaps he was wearing a paper mask, which has got all sorts of fucking crevices in it. That shit squirts out fucking four feet underneath the motherfucking paper mask that's not on. It yeah. just squirts out the fucking side like an explosion of fucking disease. You've seen... The slow mo turn the turn the uh, turn the moisture green and watch what it does in slow mo camera to, to yeah catch the for a, for a sneeze at least I've seen open toilet yeah that when you flush it the degree that the feces spreads through the bathroom is proof positive why you should not store your toothbrush outside in the bathroom in one of one of those little stands with holes in it because when you do unless you uh, cover your toilet every time you flush it that stuff is on your toothbrush because it jumps three feet yeah it's, it's amazing there's Look, there's some Paper level of particles. there's some level of fecal matter that you will in, in, you in my mouth all the time. It's, <laughs> well, let's not go there, shall we? I it's really. it, they're, they're trace elements. Shit comes in, shit comes out. I don't know. Anytime you smell a fart, you're also eating one. That's something to remember. We should put that on a fucking T-shirt on the front of it. Remember, in big flourishy Gaelic right. kind of word, big enough for people to see and know that. On the back will be the, the true message, and that's what it would, would be on the back. If you smell a fart, there is shit in your lungs. If you, When you smell a fart, you're eating it, too. There you go. All in uh, every word capitalized. Yeah, of course. It's, you've heard of sweet and sour and umami, but fart is also there. It's, like, right. it's another flavor, man. <laughs> what did you say? Sweet and sour what? Tsunami? Maynard? Are you yes. with me, Maynard? Who? What? Hey, you, you actually, you're beginning to look a lot like Ed Sheeran. He's he's taking a sabbatical. He's off. He's got some lovely shit, doesn't he? I heard, the other day, I heard a podcast interview with Sean Mendez, who I suspect you won't know because he's not as big as yeah, Ed Sheeran. I know. But he, as a teenager, became super famous and and has some interesting stories about meeting and dealing with and collaborating with Justin Bieber and, and Ed Sheeran. And he says that Ed Sheeran has, he's always, Sean says he's always drawn to these people that somehow manage to manage their fame and still be a human. Uh-huh. And that, that is really difficult. And he points to Ed Sheeran as someone that has done a pretty good job of that, where yeah. Ed Sheeran told him, look, release an album, do a year of touring, 
and then take a whole fucking year off where you don't do a yeah. goddamn thing and, and enjoy, and, enjoy, and enjoy yourself and the money and go to commune with nature and to find yourself right. again so that you can then produce right. another thing and Sean Mendes said uh, that that sounds like great advice but he hasn't done it yet he's always not not taking a break uh, but- so this the reason that I know about exactly what you're talking about is that just today his he cut a, a song and called afterglow and you can imagine in the first verse exactly where he was and what was happening when the song came to him and there's a couple things i want you to, to think about we could you could find it we could play it real quick and talk about it if you wanted i'm in no hurry this evening but besides the the, the language the narrative the storyline the, the poetry i want you to consider as you will the immediate Vocal, vocal electronics on his vocals as the song opens in particular. And I want to, why don't you go ahead and play that? We'll talk about it on the other side. <laughs> okay, here we go. Afterglow by Ed Sheeran, which I will not include because I upload these to YouTube and YouTube does not like that. After, yeah, with I need glasses and more bangs. And I'm and you got the facial hair and the, and the bone and cheek structure to, to get near him. At any rate, I'm, I'm go going to play this. Give me three minutes. Sure. <laughs> That's a long time. Am I not going to be able to hear it when you play it? No. Entertain yourself. We'll put it on the chat. Put it on the chat, you lazy fuck. Whoa. Okay. I listened to 20 seconds and I definitely okay, so, get your electronics voice. So here, and here's my broader point now that you've caught that particular thing. It, one of the reasons it's jarring is it because it's in contradiction to the frame opening with a little country scene and him walking into it quite casually and sitting down and playing. The last thing you expect is for him to have a fucking synthesizer, uh, you know, echo chamber in his voice, which frankly, because his voice is so pretty, it's pretty no matter which way, no matter which way you hear it. But it wasn't long before I wished I wasn't hearing that electronification. Hmm. Electronification was letting me down. Fuck. Now we're going to have to like edit in some interesting effect to what you're just saying god damn it Extra see how's that that was pure that, with, that was pure I did, that with my, I did that with my lips man <laughs> indeed indeed uh indeed so i i brined the turkey that was thawing when the news came that that christmas would be weeks away and so i'm gonna go ahead and cook it i'm gonna eat quite a feast in, on christmas day and We'll see if my wife can sit in the dining room, perhaps, and I'll sit in the I'll sit in the in the, what we call the cook room, that has double sliding doors uh, separating it, and we'll open those and be twelve feet apart, and perhaps take our mask off next year at this time. I must say, you can throw a throw a, a turkey leg at her. <laughs> she doesn't eat turkey. Hey, honey, open up. <laughs> she doesn't eat meat. Oh well, you don't eat meat. In that case, it's a big turkey all for Dennis. Well, and then a packaging for the for the rest of the family. Mm. That and a, uh, a a Christmas ham, and also depending if I don't eat them between now and then, fresh made Italian sausage. Made anyway, by who? But I brine the turkey. I brine the turkey. So I've got what I buy now is uh, a, a regular sized turkey, but nothing's in the package package except the two breasts and an extension of the neck, and everything else is gone. And so it's no 100% uh, brass white meat. is, is in. So I've got a, a brine mixture of seven or eight spices and a lot of salt and orange peels and all sorts of different things. And now it's saturating in that for until I cook it on Christmas morning. And it, all of that stuff will be absorbed into the meat. And before I cook it, I rub it 
with a with a rub that when I spray the top of the turkey before the rub with a fresh spray of oil and I rub the rub the oh man I rub the spices above the skin but most importantly I lift the skin of the breasts slide my hands underneath it and break with my fingers the membrane that holds that skin to the flesh of the breast and yeah. I, and I like it. I like it. So I, I so, take that, I spray it, then I pack it, then I rub it. I spray it. And I pack it. Then I rub it. And I rub it again and again. And then after it's all rubbed, I take that spray and I spray it again. And I stick it in the oven and I put it on high. And next thing I know, it's bacon by and by. So you prefer white meat? No, not necessarily. I prefer cooking it. I, I prefer cooking turkey this way. Most people would take a bountiful of white meat over dark meat. Very few people, actually, in my experience, will have just dark meat. Mm. I love dark meat. In fact, cooking thighs, chicken thighs rather than turkey thighs, are a bit immense. It's like the cavemen felt when they were like cooking a hunk of brontosaurus knuckle. Right. It's wow. That's a, whew, That's a lot of grizzle there. <laughs> so you're not a white meat supremacist. Um, no, not at all. But I gotta have my white meat. And I got to have it covered with gravy. Yeah, and man. I got to have a lot of leftover because what I like to do is take a loaf of fresh bread that when you pull it out and you squeeze it, it's soft to the touch. And I just lather that up with some mayonnaise and salt it and pepper it and lay a hunk of lettuce on it. Then splash it about two layers thick with strip turkey breast and then do the same on the other slice. Put it down on a plate. And before I cut it, I squish it down with my hands and I cut it, as most people do, diagonal to the bread. Mm. And as you age... The likelihood of you cutting it that way rather than in half, the uh, vertical horizontal axis mm -hmm. increases. And it's your challenge to tell me why. First of all, I want to say this is our sexiest episode yet. This, All of this white meat massaging breast stuff is... Uh, For you. Is very For you. exciting. I imagine as I was speaking, you were it's, picturing my it's, hands it's underneath very... your t-shirt. Well. Separating the membrane. That has occurred there since you haven't showered since March of 2019. I showered in May. Oh, I Fuck mean, you. March of 2020. I, I, I didn't mean to add a year. I've showered four months ago. <laughs> don't. Don't. What the fuck? Let's see. Cutting it. We do that for children because the cutting the square diagonally. I don't know. It fits nice. It's, it's, nice, it's a nicer bite into the mouth with a corner than if you... With the 45-degree angle than with the 90-degree angle. So, and so connect that with age. And with age, uh, your mouths don't—you old folk, it's hard to open your mouth to get a bigger piece in, or you more align your with— Your eating and swallowing structure has been compromised over the years. So you want smaller bites to yes. chew. I'm just going to take a little bite out of this sandwich. Wait a minute. You cut it on the vertical horizontal axis. I fucking hate that. Let me show you how to cut this sandwich. Diagonal, 45 degrees. There we go. And the bite. So, still, though, you've got one of the corners that's at a 90, 90 degree angle. But I guess as you're nibbling down on it, you can. Exactly. You end up creating what in fact looks like a baseball diamond. Round at the front and actually three bases out. A diamond upon a semicircle, and with that, the blessed bread is eaten, and must remind us of the baseball, baseball Jesus, baseball Jesus, the baseball, 
Baseball Jesus. Just baby Jesus. He was the shortstop that saved the game. Played shortstop and long field at the same time. Deep field. <laughs> smoking Jesus. Whoa, I don't know about smoking. Smoking's bad for you. Fake news. So, I... Well, I, caught a bit of, I caught a bit of Matt Damon in, in the lawyer movie. John Grisham movie where he plays a lawyer with the, with the insurance company who won't pay for the treatment of a lung diseased uh, yes. customer. The name of it is the shit. Why can't I remember that? No, I remember that. The Rainmaker. The Rainmaker, which I always confuse with the Rain Man. So whenever I see Rainmaker, I click Wapner. on it and think I'm going to watch Dustin Hoffman and, and uh, Tom Cruise in, in Rain Man, which I think is one of Cruise's best movies, frankly. Yep. And so he's made a bit of news lately. He's I heard about this. As a screaming and swearing because his he was witnessing people that were closer than the required six feet. And apparently they were like five feet. And it ended up he did it twice. And people literally quit. And the, the, the producers and the director said, you know what, we're going to take a break. And uh, then one of his supporters who works in the cast with says that it was a publicity stunt and is vilifying uh, Cruz for being this or that or the other. And it's, you know what, spare me the fucking drama, okay? <clears throat> hey, fat tire tonight. Fat tire tonight. <clears throat> I moved on. I moved, I, I moved away from, from uh, Schmidt's. What happens uh, after, if I drink that, how long have I been drinking Schmidt's? You probably know this because I talk about it. Seven, six, seven months, something if, like that. If not years, Before yes. that, I was more eclectic. But then I went exclusive. Maybe not even that long, three months. But I needed to change. So here we are. And my, I did receive my... You're, my, you're just not a monogamous sort of beer drinker. Beer drinker. You want to experiment here and there. See what... Right. Play the field. Right. right. See what's out there. Right. Right. You don't want to get locked down. Right. Right? We ain't moving in. No. No, you're not moving in. No. No, and here. I put your toothbrush in a plastic bag. Take it. Put it in your purse. Don't leave it here. Certainly don't leave it. Don't leave it out. In the, where you so, can get shit particles. So I, I, meant, I meant to tell you that back in the day... I remember we were in our farmhouse somewhere and had a television set in the, in a main room, and the television set was going wild and the kids were wild and my wife was wild and she was really complaining at me about something and it was pretty intense. And I I looked around the room and I aimed the clicker at the, at the television set and clicked off the TV set and swear to God I swirled toward her and clicked it toward her. <laughs> and when it didn't work, I remember distinctly looking at the clicker. <laughs> What's wrong with this thing? I wonder, what? Why can't this turn my wife off, too? What? That's funny. She was, as I'm sure, as I'm sure she's righteous. Oh, speaking of righteous, I needed to tell you this. And so it's a good time, given that it's Christmas. Let me see. Yeah. Praise Jeebus. So Dennis is showing me a drawing, I think, of, looks like the Virgin Mary is uh kneeling and praying and there's some sort of angel that is holding up a thing and there's a dove angel gabriel coming to her in the spirit and and taking her in fact to heaven uh, full embodied human being right and it's called the annuncion assumption assumption yes that is a that is a holiday in spain that there's a day 
and, and a holiday we celebrated as Catholics in, right. in my younger years the, with mandatory church service. I went to church sometimes six, seven times a week. I was an altar boy. You've heard the stories, I'm sure. I remember throwing a shoe at a nun, yes. Uh, <laughs> no, no. That was, that that was, was cool. Catholic high school. This oh. was different. Okay. This was me. This was going from the school. The church was right next to the school, and there was a little outdoor breezeway that connected the two. So when you did the 6 a.m. mass, as you were done with math, you went out the back of the church, which emptied into the courtyard, went across the courtyard, went up the steps, and went into your classroom. And then I would turn right, and I'd go three classrooms up to the classroom in the back. And at this particular classroom, there was a pillar that held up the 24-foot ceiling to a certain degree, but it was mostly because the room was so immense with shipment, 16-foot high windows from ceiling down to uh, waist high, two walls of the classroom, the other wall being blackboard, and then the other wall being where the entrance is. <laughs> and in, in order to get into one of these classrooms like this that looked exactly as I'm describing it, first floor and then above it on the second floor, the floor was different. And so when you came from the hallway up into the classroom on the second floor, you walked up three stairs and there were these railings on the side. And then you walked into a room that was just as big as the one downstairs with a big pillar in the middle of it. One year, there was this girl who was always in trouble and her name was Charlene and she was in a desk. God and because it, she was acting up, she was taken from the 36 desks, which were filled with only 18 students. There was probably 20 desks, 18 students, so a few empty desks in the center of the room with the pole in play, but on the perimeter toward the door, there was a space that would have, would have been big enough for another three rows of chairs and desks. But it was near book cabinets over to the staircase. And so when a student acted up, they were told to move their desk over to that area and separate themselves from the class because they couldn't behave. She was cutting up and distracting other students and doing this. So she moved over there. Well, Charlene continued her aberrant behavior. And when this teacher, nun, turned her back to write something on the board, almost perfectly silently, Charlene would edge her desk closer to the nun, <laughs> which inadvertently to her got her closer closer to that staircase. And inexplicably and totally predictably for everyone in the class, after about an hour of her scooting this desk, she did, in fact, get a leg of the desk to go down the stairs. No. And because the desk and the chairs were connected, she ended up pretty much upside down. <clears throat> Legs entangled and <laughs> blocking blocking any rescue efforts from within by the bottom of the desk. And there was absolute chaos. There was the, and, and we ran by messenger. There weren't phones to, that the nun could have picked up a phone like you would in the later years. And this was the 1950s, early 60s. And so the, way the messengers were the children. And in this particular room, there was a door to the other classroom. So you could get out and get a message, and the priest was called. And when the priest was called, then it was like, tell the principal to call Father, what was his name? Oh, shit, I'll remember it later. But when he showed up, you knew a lot of things. You knew by then everything would be cleared up. And what his real role was to go ahead and reassure us with a prayer. Right. And when he was done and the chaos was over, he would the nun would always turn to the priest and say, Father, would you bless us? And like a fucking troop of robotic Catholic soldiers, we would all stand up from our desk, kneel down, fold our hands, and take our blessing from the Father. Wow. And back in the day, it was in Latin. And the priest was dressed in a suit, a black suit. What a way to black control hands, black humans. Shirt, black shirt, and just a little white tooth of a collar on it, and a jacket, a suit jacket. And so we always got the sense, and I learned in later years that this was actually true, that his life somehow was a little bit more complicated than just showing up and saying prayers for us. And when it became clear that he was a cigarette smoker, 
And in that suit, he would be smoking cigarettes and seen. It put him in a completely different light. And then, of course, there was the wine. Mm. He did a good glass of wine. Blood, so when he filled the, the chalice, which was my job, to take the chalice, to take the glass, a little pitcher that had a stopper on it, a glass stopper on it, and I, I had a tray. And, and the guy next to me had a tray, and he had the oil, and I had the water, and we would, and then there was the wine that we had, and we would pour it over the priest's hands. And in his hands, over the chalice, he was holding a wafer, and he was preparing to change that wafer into the transconfiguration, into the body of Christ. And our job was to uh -huh. pour the wine there that would transfigure into the blood. Yep. And so the amount of wine that he wanted there, since when he was done with the wafer, he would drink down, wine. Man. He would drink the wine, and he would make certain that the rim around the cup was clean because there were, in fact, particles of what was to become the literal body and blood of our Lord Savior, Jesus Christ. And so it was pretty serious shit. But here's the thing. He would say, when you were pouring the wine, he'd say, more wine. We're bringing this all around to the Christmas spirit here. This is nice. I've got a couple of stories to tell you. I didn't think that I had any when I was thinking, it's another week and I don't have anything to say. But so for, so I can't be entirely certain that my children aren't like listening at the door because they're a little nosy little bastards. But for Christmas this year, we are all receiving bicycles. <laughs> the, the four of us. Wow. So, so my, that is a massive. Thank God you've got a second apartment. My, my wife and I, hold on, we're getting there. My wife and I are not cyclists. We don't. We will be. We will be. But no, we can't store it in the other apartment. We've actually bought a garage oh. underneath another apartment building because the ones under our building are just the shittiest. Like you can't possibly fit a car in there that was built after 1970. Where do you park your car now? We pre, Before the garage, we've been parking it just on the street, which is possible. For years? For years. And the weather, what's the worst of the weather there? The weather is fine. It, it's not a problem of weather with a car. But a couple months, like a month ago, or several weeks only, we closed the deal on this garage that we've been working on for six months because the company that wanted to sell us the garage, uh, the real estate agent that was between us and the buyer kept asking for more proof that we weren't like laundering money. <laughs> and, and you they, are after all an American and, and they said, where's this money coming from? And we showed all the proof and then, and then they dropped the ball and then two months went by and they said, we don't have the most recent three months of your paychecks. So you need to provide that because they had taken so fucking long. And so it was a big back and forth. It was a big uh, struggle. And by the end, we were like, look, if they ask us for another fucking piece of paper, they can uh -huh. keep their fucking garage. Oh, uh, yeah. But, what the fuck? Are you right? But in the you end... Are with me or are you again me? But in the end, they they sold it to us. And we have, we're down here at sea level. And anything that's underground, like our garage, there's, like, humidity problems. And it's damp. It's damp. And so we bought this thing, and and then... Within two days, it rained a whole bunch, and a big piece of the wall like just fell off because of, 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 of humidity. And it was like raining in the fucking garage. And we were like, this well, This was in your fuck. garage in your basement? Not in our exact uh, building, but in, but in one nearby. And so 
we were like, fuck. But anyway, we but have it. the garage. With, yes. With the intention of both of parking there to increase the longevity of the car and also for having a place to store things like bicycles. Uh, I built a bicycle storage area recently in my shed and uh, put two 10-foot, <clears throat> two-by-12s vertical off to the side of the room so that they look like a striped set of huge boards off from ceiling to floor and ended up attaching them top and bottom, obviously, and then putting in these enormous hooks so that one bike was stored high, my wife's bike, which is useless than mine, and one is stored low, and all the helmets and the gear on that. So it's uh, it's good. It's, it's six foot wide by about 10 feet high by only about, let's say, 32 inches deep. So that's the thing. Yeah, there, there are some really interesting storage uh, mechanisms out there now. And for the past 10 years, Facebook and Instagram have been convinced that I am an avid biker. And so they send you. So they give me all these ads for the cool things that the cool bikers are doing now. But anyway. <laughs> and, and you and you laugh and you chuck and you say, if they only knew how fucking uncool I am, they would stop. Right. These. They're, so, wasting their, they're wasting their gigabytes. So anyway, we, we went and we purchased four bicycles three are new but they but apparently there's a bicycle shortage like they there's an international shortage, bicycle shortage right. of new bicycles and the local vendor did not have one in my size they which had, is what they 36 uh, inch manly is my size well no for you it'd be a 28 inch or giving your little stubby little legs sure it's odd that your torso is twice as big as your legs you look like the the fucking character in Malone in, in, in Moulin Rouge. So, <laughs> anyway. It was a Therese Lutec. To, to continue with my story. Therese Lutrec. Yes. And Maynard G. Krebs and Ed Sheeran. That's your look right now. So, they, I don't mean to interrupt you. They, there was. To tell your story. Go ahead. It, there were. So, we got one for the size of a large seven year old, seven to nine. And, baby bear. All right. Baby bear. And the middle size actually works for both my daughter and my wife. A bear, two mama bears. Yes. And right. the papa bear, there, there were no bicycles for the papa bear. But, ah. but the guy at the bicycle shop said, look, let's go into my workshop. I, there's one that's like really personal to me. It's been my bicycle for a long time. It was my father's bicycle. <laughs> let's, it was what? I think he said, this was my father's bicycle. Oh. And... And and it's been mine for a few years, but let me go look. And this bicycle used to cost like a thousand euros, but I maybe in these tough times I could give it to you for two hundred or something, which was way less than the other ones, the other brand new ones were costing. And so we said, yeah, sure, let's do all that. Two hundred euros is what American? Two fifty. So it's US currency, huh? Two fifty. Yeah, which is pretty cheap for a decent bike. But anyway, yeah, we paid uh, shit, man. I paid. 750 bucks for two bikes. Right, exactly. So so anyway, we chose to buy these, and they will be presented on Christmas morning. But the in- where I'm going with this is that I acquired them two days ago on January, on December 22nd. And I so I moved them to the garage, but then I was like, I want to try out my bicycle. So I, I get on my bicycle and I'm, I, I pedal around. And my first uh, realization is, uh, okay, first of all, uh, the chain came off in a weird way, right? So <laughs> so, so I pedal. I pedal. How many speeds is it? Give me a picture here. 10 speed? 
No, it's no, it's more like three by seven. Uh, I think they're all like 20, 21, 21 speed. speed. Yeah. One, two, three, then one through seven. Yeah. So, that's what I have. So I, I pedal back to the, the guy where I just, where I just took them from. And, and the thing is making this like <laughs> noise as I'm doing so. And he gets it and he's like, why would you have this on the lower, on the small gear and the small gear on the other one? And I said, well, it fell off. And so he fixed it. And so then I went for a ride and I realized, first of all, these are muscles that I haven't used in a long time. The whole, you never forget how to ride a bike is true in that you don't fall over, but man, there's a bunch of extra skills. And was the seat set appropriately so that you're, you didn't have a problem. That's usually the first I I, I adjusted the, the seat. I adjusted the seat, but the seat was set in a position that really freaking hurts after a while. Um, it's not the position of the seat. It's the actual exactly seat itself. Right. I mean, exactly. it's there. You've got I've got two pairs of shorts, one that are for long distance biking that are like a like a, a little wetsuit that has a amazingly effective padded uh, rump area. And then I have a pair of what looks like khaki shorts with pockets that has, when you're washing them, it appears that you have a pair of shorts that has a built-in diaper, when in fact it's a pad for more casual biking. And this is what I learned is that those are fine and great to wear, and it's a good thing to wear them. But at the end of the day, the bones of your ass are going to fucking hurt until they get used to that abuse. Right, exactly. Uh, Put that on a (laughs) T-shirt, the front of it, remember, and then on the back of it. Yes. So, So that was... Yesterday and then today, I had to go run some errands in the nearby town. I had to go file some paperwork on this garage that we just bought. And normally, I can't do that because my wife takes the car and I can't. And today was also the first day when my kids were on Christmas break. So I I thought I've got a, I've got a bicycle now. I can go there and in record time. Whew. Man, my ass hurts. Yeah. How far was it back and then forth? I guess in American, two miles there and two miles back. That's, uh, that's a and little bit to, to it's a little bit to, to on, on your second that. fucking day, and and yeah. also it's it was pretty bumpy, and also yeah. just how terrifying it is to be driving, to be riding on the line when cars are going by. It's pretty like there are some back route roads paths. It's got some danger to it. It's got some safety uh, issues. Yes. Yeah, and you've got to be resolute, and and uh, you want to be shaking around. Because you're trying to, your bike is going too slow and your wheels are wobbling and going to and fro. Right. That is uh, what happens just before you have a slow motion accident where somehow your wheel turns and stop, your front stop, leg gets caught stop. in it. And you end up on your back with the bicycle covering part of your face. And you realize that fucking horror that you are in fact bleeding and that your pants are ripped stop. and there's blood there too. This is, I visualized all of that a thousand times today. I wondered what that, your big huge bandaid on your forehead is right now as we speak seems to come awry and is uh, dripping a little bit of blood so i wondered if maybe this had happened to you but no that was i bumped into a shelf you cut yourself shaving <laughs> shaving i haven't shaved in a year on your forehead you look at it it looks like the fucking sahara desert oh yeah i definitely if mans- your hairline receded anymore it would fucking give up i definitely manscaped my forehead yes so on a christmasy note here i have a a little story to tell you, but go ahead. Yeah, you, you weren't quite finished, were you? You had more to add to. No, I had another story, but you tell your story oh, first, and I'll go back to mine. So we've talked before about Joni Mitchell's "The River," and I don't know if we've talked specifically about how she opens the tune with a variation of "Jingle Bells," which I've learned is done in a minor chord. And as she is opening this up, 
she builds toward the melancholy aspect of, of Christmas. And as folks know, it was after her difficult breakup with Graham Nash and where the key phrases in the in the lyrics are, I made my baby cry, I made my baby say goodbye. And and it is, for me, the that part of Christmas that is just in, in melancholy along uh, Winding River. And, and while you love Christmas, there's parts, aspects of it that you, when Christmas is over, there's a reason that we get so happy with New Year's. Okay. Christmas is... It, the older I get, the more sad Christmas seems, because it's this time where society is telling us, this is the happy time, this is the happy time, be happy now, this is the time to be happy. And the more pressure you get in that direction, the more, fuck, I wish my life was happier. I don't know. It's, I understand why people are sad around Christmas. The other thing that you said, which for sure I've mentioned this in our episode a fucking year ago, but I'll say it again. Isn't that... I love the American thing where the New Year's is, yes, we're done with Christmas, we're having a rebirth into a new year, but here in Spain, we don't get that. Because here in Spain, we have two fucking Christmases. We have Christmas on the 25th, and then we have Christmas on the Epiphany. Which is January 8th? 12 days later. The 6th, I think. Uh, oh, not only... And we can't take our Christmas tree down until well after that. January starts... And I'm feeling all, okay, this is a new year, but like Christmas is still happening. And my kids expect presents on both days. Uh, so, so Spain is good on children over the holidays. So I have, a, I have a spreadsheet where all the presents that are purchased are laid you, out. And then we separate which ones are on which day. <laughs> I have a list and I check it twice. Oh. And so, so yeah. It's, hey, it, it's tough. Hey, Christmas think, goes on hey, forever. Think about that. That would be lyrics of a song we could sing. We'd make it up. Come on. Making a list and checking it twice? Yeah. Something oh, about naughty and oh, nice. Oh, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better watch out. I'm telling you why. That is super creepy. Santa Claus is coming to town. The whole He's idea of, of a... Making a list. Checking it twice, gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He knows when you've been stinking. He knows when you're a waste. He knows when you've been bad or good. So be good, for goodness sake. Oh, you yeah, so Bing Crosby comes to mind. He was a bastard, according to the, the biographies that you hear about him. A real prick. Most uh, celebrities are, it seems. I don't know. There's, yeah, there's a dark side, a dark side to be sure. But that's those lyrics are like super creepy. Like, I mean, it, it, it's echoing. Been sleeping. It's echoing the evangelical God that knows when you are touching yourself and right. when you are, you know, doing whatever. So it's, it's. It's the cap. It's the capitalistic influence of music to make Christmas not, in fact, about Christ and the coming of Christ, but in fact, about fucking snow, snowmen, Santa Claus, and fucking reindeer, and those anti-Christian fucking songwriters. Those, those like, who's the dude, the cowboy dude who, who wrote Rudolph the Red News Ranger, Ranger Gene Autry. Rain, Rudolph the Red News Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> Rudolph the Rudolph the Texas Ranger. 
Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it blows. All of the other reindeers used to laugh and watch him drink. They never asked poor Rudolph, Rudolph, oh, why do you stink? Then one wicked Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, will you drink with me tonight? Then Santa and Rudolph got shit-faced, riding all through the sleigh in the night. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer got Santa all to light the light. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was written by Johnny Marks. Oh, who sang it, though? Gene Autry? Who lived from 1909 to 1985. A hit for John Autry and others. Gene. Gene, yes. Gene, Gene, you're young and alive. (laughs) That's information for me to digest and think about going in. Wow, Gene Autry died at age 91. Well done. And uh, what other, go ahead and uh, list it up. What other songs did uh, Gene Autry do? He was quite popular. He was one of the more popular musicians for the for a little bit of a Gene Autry era. Back in the Saddle Again at Mail Call Today. And he's still at remembered mail. for his Christmas holiday songs. Read off at Mail Ranch. Call Today. Yeah. What? what? That's the name of the song? Hold on. Frosty the Snowman and Here Comes Santa Claus. Oh. And up on, right. up on the housetop. Oh, at, wow. At Mail Call Today. A song written and recorded by Gene Autry. Yeah, I don't know. Good luck and God bless you wherever you stray. The world for me ended at mail call today. Boy. Ooh, sound like a blues tune. <laughs> Good luck and God bless you wherever you stray. The world for me ended at mail call today. Yes. <laughs> wow, that's, it's amazing how much you can make your voice sound like an instrument. It, it's really what fucking instrument is it like an instrument that's a hunk of wood that you roll a stone over his head yes that's my that's <laughs> I, I've patented this so no one can copy this there's uh, a young soldier opening a dear John letter at mail call and learning that the girl he loved from back home has left him his final words reflect the soldier's despair the world for me ended at mail call today the world for me ended at mail call today. Yes, the world for me ended oh, at mail call today. You've got mail. My baby left me a note. Said she was leaving me. All I know is my darling has finally left. She's left me. Oh, darling, if you leave me, I'll never make it alone. Believe me when I tell you. Oh. <laughs> ah. <laughs> you, you, 
You wondered if I could hit that note. You were pleasantly surprised. Hey, my, my son-in-law, my son-in-law, the engineer. Yeah. Did I tell you the story where yes. we're recording and he's he's like, all right, that was great. Do it again, and we would record the same harp tune, the, the, the solo in this particular case. And I said, okay, go. And I had inadvertently turned my harmonica upside down, so the first note I played was as 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 big a sound jerk as you could imagine. And so he took that snippet, that little second of sound, and he was cutting the track, the song we were working on. He was going to insert a track. He said, all right, let me show you what we have so far. And he opened with just the guitar and wanted to show me where the harmonica came in. And he played that off note, which was hilarious because he he did it at unexpected times. He was very funny. Nice. It was very funny. But he he, he keeps a little uh, file of mistakes and in one, I, I started laughing out loud because I'd done something that was terrible. And, and so he recorded the laugh and put it on a track and saved it and said, you never know when you need a good laugh. What a good lad. I have so many... I have. I need to buy a new hard drive to fit all of my recordings of your mistakes. It's... <laughs> so let the record show that there's only one of us that would define it as a mistake. <laughs> and that one of us is... is which again, the, I just sometimes I long. I just wish that maybe we'll end up being video cast here, because your Adonis-like body with your the thinker or dance thinker pose with that Maynard G. Krebs look. There it is. There it is. It's a mixture of the thinker and Bob Hope. It's kind of a. Alrighty then. Alrighty then. Merry fucking Christmas, motherfucker. Merry Christmas, little Eric. Put your things up on the tree. Keep your decorations sterile before you put them on the tree. So, the next time we talk, it will be uh, New Year's Eve. Yeah. The way things work with it, with the time, it's always Eve Eve. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Hey, did you check out the uh, shots of Jupiter and, and what was it? Saturn? Saturn? Yeah. I could not see them from where I was. But, no, we were uh, plowed here, but the, the images that came back from the telescopes were, I thought maybe you'd yeah, seen them. Yeah, yeah, I've seen several. It was an important event. Well, that dates us. What episode do we have? You haven't given your like, perpetual a reminder of where people can donate their... No, I do a recording at the end after I edit. I say, this has been episode number 90. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So. Ten more episodes and it will be what, Centaurian? We'll be a Centaurian episode. We'll be centaurs. But you're already halfway there. (laughs) You are. Hey, so I meant to ask you, maybe you've got to go, but uh, did you see the tape of the White House? where Trump, and because he doesn't want to stand in front of reporters, he's being uh, recorded in front of a teleprompter in the White House, and he rants and rants about what the Congress has done, and it's undermined Mitch McConnell, and he's calling for a $2,000 per person uh, check from the federal government as opposed to the $600 that the Republicans just worked out after months and months. He's thrown Mitch McConnell under the bus, and and Nancy Pelosi is calling the House together for unanimous consent to increase it from 600 to 2,000. The Democrats in the Senate are doing the same thing, and they're putting Mitch McConnell in the position during the Georgia elections to either be stingy and deny 
the $2,000 and also oppose the president of the United States. But this is my point, what Trump did. There were two bills. One was the spending bill. And the spending bill, like all spending bills, in this year, like many years, it's always the case. If the spending bill isn't passed by a date certain, there's a government shutdown. People are laid off. They have to go home. It costs us, in the end, hundreds of millions of dollars that we don't have. So it's always quite a motivation to get a spending bill. In the spending bill, it includes, of course, spending items. This is what Trump did. He conflated the two. He conflated the COVID-19 package to help the American people with the budget bill and said that what Congress did was they put in this bill all this stuff about spending to foreign governments and hatcheries and science and all the stuff that you'd expect to see in a government spending bill that is thousands of pages long to keep the government going. And he is he in this speech, tape speech, conflated the two. But big point is that he demands that Congress amend it and it has to be vetoed or approved by midnight tonight. And so Trump has thrown everyone under the bus. Yeah. Working for the Democrats, hurting the Georgians, who are now in a quandary. Yeah, you know, it's a shit show. We knew it would be. It is. Well, I think we, you can't, we couldn't have predicted this. The military of the United States of America in a joint statement issuing a declaration that the United States military has no role in the election of the incoming president of the United States. That seems totally... Because fucking Trump is talking about putting in the Insurrection Act. And fucking Michael Flynn, pardon, says that under martial law, which has been declared six times in the history of the United States, could capture, could take the voting machines and essentially run a new election in the battleground states. Pardoned in a meeting in the White House, sitting with the president, at his invitation, and it prompted the military leaders of our country to issue a declarative statement with all amounts of serious finality. It's like, no, we what? won't. We don't. We can't stand back. How can you institute martial law to redo an election? Are you going to, like, How many vote, countries take the voters out of their houses the with, with, at gunpoint and say, go back to the, go back to the voting booth and, and vote again? You, you want to Take start a list of the countries that have done exactly, that have completely taken over by coup d'etats? That's not Military the same as martial law redoing a vote. It, it, look, one way or the other, it's a fucking coup. Yeah, I know. So military over, but certainly. But the point of it is that the, the, the idea that it could happen here reminds us that this democracy is only 240 years old. Right. And what can start can end. And the experiment is interestingly enough standing strong because our institutions are holding. The Supreme Court has said, fuck you. The attorney general has said, you know what? I resigned. I worked out a resignation. I outsmarted you, Trump. So Barr resigns, has two weeks when it's all worked out that he's leaving. And then he says to the nation and his department, oh, by the way, there's no grounds for any election fraud, for any special counsel, for Hunter Biden, or any of this other stuff. And he, for the first time in his fucking tenure at the White House, doesn't worry, doesn't have to worry about getting fired because he's already resigned and it's effective in a couple of days. He will be gone by the time Trump puts out his self-serving in the future pardons and the brilliance of Attorney Barr, Attorney General Barr, to time this. So while he was there for some of the egregious pardons today, he won't be there by the time Trump gets to the point of his own future criminality, federal criminality, and that of all of his children. Right. Barr is playing Trump like a fiddle. Barr and Putin and everybody, yeah. 
Yeah. So you had hey, some politics talking to you. It just we're bearing witness here. So I, I have a question. Can't stand, dude. You how, can't stand. It won't stand, dude. How long do you have to have a beer before you can stop playing with it when you're on a call? Because I don't know. So answer yourself the question. When you're lying in bed, how long do you play with your pubis before you fall asleep? Not more than four hours. <laughs> on a normal night. <laughs> which which probably means for you that you're playing with your pubis while you're actually asleep. I imagine that goes for interesting dreams. Trying to escape through thick forests. <laughs> Yes. Looking, look, looking for the spiral tip of the cathedral up ahead. Indeed, indeed. That's wanting to enter. That is, and climbing up and climbing down and climbing up and climbing down. All of my dreams. Climbing up, climbing down and climbing up and climbing down. That steeple. In the big boulders, yeah. It. <laughs> the boulders at the base and the thick brush. There used to be a moat there, but now it's a bristly patch of prickly bushes. You Those are, are the dreams that you have. You're tainting my dreams. dreams. My hey. To a blessed and peaceful Christmas and Epiphany. Well, I'll speak with you before the Epiphany, but have yes. a good Christmas. You Here's too. A and toast of the fat tire to the mic. And may may your family members be healthy. I'm dreaming oh, of a white Christmas. Oh, oh, just like the Christmases I've known. Where the treetops glisten and children listen. Children don't listen. Go here. Sleepers. Hey, you know what I saw the other night? You gotta watch this oh, again. Jesus. The school of rock. The school of rock. We were wrapping it up. Okay. And here All we right. Are. No? Whatever. All right, fine. Bye. Have a good Christmas, fucker. <laughs> I fucking love you, man. Hey man, to you and yours. God bless. Merry fucking Christmas. Okay, that does it for episode 90, our Christmas spectacular. You can find the show notes, short as they may be, at happyhour.fm slash 090. You can help support us by a Christmas present at patreon.com slash happyhour. And we hope that your Christmas is good and healthy and merry and lovely. And that your family is all fine. We'll see you next week.